is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Happy Father's Day to everyone uh, today. And what a wonderful day uh, Father's Day is and so many reasons for us to enjoy the day. But I'm also very aware that on days where there's a global or a national focus or emphasis, that there is always the possibility that there are some who are listening for whom the day is not quite as easy as it is for others. And it reminds people of pain and disappointment and loss and lack. I'm sure that there will be some who will watch who, for whom this is the first Father's Day without their father. Or perhaps there are those who've dreamed of being a father or others who've never known their father or perhaps been hurt, abused or abandoned. And I want, before I say anything else, just to encourage every one of you. And I want to let you know and to tell you this, you are seen, you are known and you are loved by the Father and for those people that God has placed in your life around you. And I want to pray that on this day especially, the God of all comfort will minister to you and will meet you. And I pray too, that in the awareness of what you do not have, that you may receive today more than you ever expected to receive. And so I just wanted to take that moment. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about what I believe is one of the great privileges in fact, it's, it's almost an outrageous privilege that we have. And that privilege is to reveal the Father. I can remember the first time that I, I stood and began to share about this. I remember saying that, you know, our assignment is to be Christ-like and that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I could feel myself almost checking myself and thinking, is this all right? Is this close to heresy or, or what is it? But, you know, I, I've come to the conclusion that it really is our glorious, beautiful assignment. It was said of Jesus, Jesus said himself, of course, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then the Apostle Paul says this in Romans 8 and verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. And there it is. We're to be Christ-like. Your assignment, my assignment. In fact, it's one of three. I think they're outrageous. Um, Paul tells us that we're to be Paul-like, we're to be imitators of God, and we're to be Christ-like. Well, <laughs> at least I got the name for one of them right. But uh, that's our glorious assignment, your assignment. And that's where I wanted to begin. Uh, this is a wonderful day to talk about revealing the Father. And this world needs to see the Father. And we get the privilege of revealing him and pointing men and women to him. But I also just want to take a moment and talk to the ladies or the women who are listening. I don't want you to miss out. Now, I'm not going to uh, neutralize the day and kind of make it some sort of uh, second Mother's Day. Uh, that would be inappropriate. But I, I do want to make sure that I talk to you as well. 
You see, you ladies, you revealed the Father too. Uh, Genesis 1.26 is one of my favorite verses. Uh, is where we read, let us make man in our image. Gosh, we're made in the image of God. And then the verse goes on to say, male and female. We're made in the image of God, male and female. Ladies, you revealed the Father too. You're made in his image. Our earthly language is sometimes limiting. It causes us to sometimes try and compromise or find words that explain something. I prefer to live in the tension, male and female, he created us and we revealed the Father. I'm not the greatest fan, anybody that knows me knows I'm not the greatest fan of, of equality, but I am a great fan of equal value. Men and women are of equal value and, and make an equal contribution to this planet and, and we all get to reveal the Father. You'll hear me saying some of things in this message, ladies, and they apply to you too, even though I'm addressing the men just a little bit more. And if you'll forgive me for that, and if you'll forgive me for talking about sonship, because that's my language, because I'm a son. But of course, it is about being sons and daughters who reveal the Father. Some of this message is, is related to a, a message that I, I began to develop on my uh, trip home from Brazil when I'd been uh, to the Soccer World Cup with my youngest son, Luke. It was a wonderful experience. And on the way back, I knew I was preaching very soon after I landed. And I began to write down a list of things fathers do. Uh, fathers do things. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But as I wrote down those, those first notes uh, of a message... I was very conscious that I'd had a privilege, a privileged experience, and I didn't want to share from that and cause people to be jealous. Uh, I didn't want to kind of, you know, go, oh, look at me, I got to do that, because I know that not everyone gets to do everything that, that we all get to do in life, and sometimes there's privilege in being uh, an itinerant preacher. But then I realized, actually, I do want to make you jealous. I don't want to make you jealous of me. I want to make you jealous for that experience. And I began to think about, actually, it's really healthy for us to be jealous for. And our God is a jealous God. He's jealous for us to have and to be everything that he created us to have and to be. And so to create an atmosphere of being jealous for the more of God, jealous for revealing the Father, jealous for seeing what we do in life that does reveal the Father, that would be good, wouldn't it? See, our God is a jealous God, not jealous of. He has nothing to be jealous of, but jealous for us to be and to receive everything that he created us to be. See, the goal of this message today it is not so much about correction. It's not so much about setting you free, although there may be some of that that happens to you. The goal of this message today is to encourage you, fathers, that you're doing a good job. Oh, I and mean, I'm not saying we can't improve. I, I know I can definitely improve in revealing the Father, and, and I want to. I know I can improve as a father in the natural so yes, I, I, I know that that will be part of it. But the real goal is I want to encourage you that you are revealing the Father in ways that you might not have been aware of 
and that's really what I want to talk about. There's a journey uh, to uh, being a father, a journey that we're all on. It, it begins actually with a journey of recognizing that we need to, as it were, run home, just like the boy in Luke 15, who came to his right mind, or as I prefer to say, realized what he wasn't and turned to home. There's a journey there, but that's the journey of sonship. But honestly, I believe that beyond that, there's a journey of maturity. There's a journey that takes us to being fathers and mothers who raise sons and daughters who become mothers and fathers. A part of that journey for me was overcoming some lies. There are some lies that get in the way. Lies like this. I can't father you spiritually unless I'm better than you at what you do. Oh, that's a silly lie, that one. I, I father a son who's a great musician. I'm not a musician, but I know that he values my encouragement as a father. Or some would say, I, I can't father because I haven't had any children. Well, Jesus, hey, hey, he was a son who had no earthly father and a father who had no earthly sons. And yet he'll be known for all eternity as eternal father and son of David. We, we put things in the way, these lies, these obstacles get in the way to stop us from becoming all that we were called to be. And so this message is about encouraging you, encouraging you that you're doing a good job and maybe pointing you in the direction where you know perhaps you can do a little bit better. But the real goal is encouragement. Fathers do things. They just do. And uh, I think sometimes us men, it, you know, we can sometimes feel a little bit criticized. And I know I did in one season of my life where, you know, I was spending 70, maybe 80 hours a week at work. Gosh, that, that was crazy. And sometimes I've, I've been in some inner healing sessions and, you know, had the picture painted of the mother who nurtures and all of those sort of things. And then you almost feel that as a dad, well, I'm going out to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Am I abandoning the family? Well, you know, it's okay to do things. Our Heavenly Father did something. When he first showed up on the planet, he did something he created. He worked for six days and on the seventh he rested. So yes, we, we need to get our rest in there. But I think sometimes we can feel that it's not so valuable what we do. Well, I just want to point out a couple of things to you because the things that you do reveal the Father. In the book that I, I mentioned, I, I wrote an introduction. I, I was actually surprised by the introduction. Somebody suggested to me that I wrote a letter to my father so I wrote a letter to my father, 60 years of age, 45 years after my father died, I wrote him a letter. And I realized that I couldn't really remember many of the things that he said, if any, but I could remember what he did and the influence that he had on my life before I was 15, actually probably before I was 13, because he was quite sick after that. You see the things that we do they're really, really important. And I just want to encourage you and highlight a few things that you're doing that reveal the Father. You know, one of those things is loving unconditionally. This is a really important one. 
There was a wonderful story uh, that was told at Billy Graham's funeral. It was told by his daughter, Ruth, of how, you know, she was coming home and, and, and some stuff had gone on in her life that she wasn't really all that proud of. And she's driving home and wasn't sure how her dad, Billy Graham, the great Billy Graham, but her dad would respond. But he was outside the house ready to welcome her home. You know, fathers, one of the things that we do is love unconditionally. Through the high points of life and the low points of life, that's one of the great privileges. We get to reveal the Father, the one who loved completely unconditionally and sent his Son, that whoever believed, not the good people who believed, whoever believed, it was unconditional love. My wife and I have had a phrase in our family, forever, for always, no matter what. It's kind of just a way of summing up unconditional love. Fathers love unconditionally, forever, for always, no matter what. And sometimes life throws out the circumstances where loving unconditionally is a challenge for us, but it's one of the things that we get to do. And what a great, great privilege that is. One of the other things as well that fathers do is they give grace for the journey. Uh, related to this is something that, you know, we've, we've tried hard to do, my wife and I, and it's one of the things that we actually enjoy doing, and that is we want to be to other people what we didn't receive ourselves. See, my, my dad died when I was 15. My wife's dad died uh, just about a year after that, actually. Our sons didn't actually have um, grandparents. We had one uh, step-grandfather who was so wonderful to them. Uh, and now we get to be grandparents. And, and we get to be what we didn't receive. And it's such a wonderful experience. I want to encourage you in that. Uh, we give grace for the journey. Fathers give grace. It's that, well, you know, we, we, we've been there. And we know that it's not always easy. And so we were able to give grace. We're able to give some latitude. We, we shouldn't be uh, criticizing and going, oh, you shouldn't do it that way. We, we need to recognize that all of us have been on a journey, a, a grace journey. And, and it's really important. I, I remember when I worked in the prison service, I, I, I can remember there was uh, very early on, I, I was facing a little bit of a challenge as a prison officer. And I remember being at lunch with a couple of prison officers and they pretty much said this to me, you have to learn the same way as we did. You have to learn the hard way. And it was a horrible experience. It, it really was. We, we get to be the complete opposite of that. We, we, we get to go, let me help you with this. Let me encourage you along the way. Let me be for you what I didn't have. If I didn't have somebody in my life, as I didn't, I didn't have a natural father giving me grace for my journey. I want to be the father and the grandfather who gives grace for the journey of my kids and my grandkids and my spiritual sons and daughters, which I'm privileged to have in my life. Fathers give grace for the journey. You know, one of my absolute favorites is this. And it's, it's so wrapped up in so much biblical language. Fathers show their children how to love their spouses. This is a real fun one, actually, if you think about it. And so tied up, of course, because of, of Christ and his love for the bride. 
I mean, he actually is showing us how to love the bride, isn't he? he he's, he's teaching us that. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He died. Uh, that's pretty pretty powerful message right there that many of us I know will have heard. But just in some fun, simple stuff. As I said, you know, my, my dad died by the time I was 15. And yet I, I remember going out shopping with him. I distinctly remember going into actually laundry shops and buying gifts with my dad for my mother. I've never had a problem going into stores like that. It's just not been a part of my life. My dad showed me, he, he showed me how a man loves a wife with flowers or gifts or things like that. It, it might seem a very simple thing, but, but we're modeling how much the father loves. We're revealing the father in doing something like that. Another one that I, I really love is that we get to raise favorites. Uh, this, is a, this is such an interesting one. I remember when I first learned this lesson, this lesson of raising favorites. I, I was around some people at the time and I'd hear people saying, oh, you know, I'm God's favorite. I don't know how you feel when you've heard that, but it was a kind of a little bit of a reaction from me, to be honest, like, oh, gosh, you know. And, uh, and then I began to realize we're all his favorites. So how can that work? See, the problem with life on earth is that favoritism is a problem. But knowing inside that you're a favorite isn't a problem. What does it mean to raise favorites? It means that I raise my sons and my grandsons knowing who they are, knowing what season of life they're in, knowing, knowing their gifts, knowing their passions, knowing their loves. So that the way that I treat one may be different to another, but each is seen, known, and loved in their season. I always use the example that I have two sons, one's a musician and one loves football. If I'd got it the wrong way round and given the saxophone to the one that loved football, he probably would have used it as a golf club or something. What, what am I trying to say? I think sometimes we, we try and make things fair, but, but fair is actually the enemy of raising favorites. Raising favorites isn't necessarily about doing exactly the same thing to two. It's actually about knowing each of our children and our grandchildren and treating them according to their gifts and their passions and the season of their lives and their identity. And that's how you raise favorites. Isn't that beautiful? That's how our Heavenly Father treats us. He treats us differently. He treats us according to our season of life, our destiny, our identity, our passions, our abilities. He treats us differently and he raises favorites. See, I know now I can say I'm his favorite. He treats me uniquely and I love that. And when you raise your family as a father and you treat them according to the gifts, the season, their passions, their gifts, you're raising a favorite and favorites are confident in their identity. They know who they are. They know why they're alive. They know that they are deeply loved. Another one that, that I love is that fathers show their children the world. Now, again, this is one that, of course, mothers do too. But going back to that thought that sometimes it felt as though I spent longer outside of the 
of the home and I was off at work and absent in some respect. And I know I went through a season of beating myself up over that, but I want to just tell you a, a story. When I was the uh, second in charge of a very difficult young offender prison, I remember it was a Tuesday evening and I was on call. I was on call for about 10 years of my life, 24 seven, even on holidays, unless I was out of the country. I was on call on this Tuesday night. My wife was away at worship practice. Don't even think we had mobile phones in those days. And uh, we just had the pager. And I, I got a message that I needed to go into work. I bundled my two sons up, put them in the car and kind of dumped them at the church where the worship practice was. And I needed to be in work. I needed to go in because a young man had attempted to take his own life. I felt bad about that scenario, except I realized that that incident had a marked effect on my sons. And actually for months afterwards, they asked, How, how's he doing? How is he? As I look at my two sons today, I, I see their sensitivity. I, I don't know how much of it came from that incident. Perhaps a little piece did. But I see their sens sensitivity towards especially those young people around them. My son, a school teacher, so aware of some of the challenges of life. I, I got to show my sons the world, the piece of the world that I went to every day. It, it's, it's a piece of, of raising our sons and our daughters, showing them the world, showing them the possibilities, the opportunities, introducing them to the issues of life that maybe need some justice and some sorting out. It's one of the great privileges and we get to reveal the Father because that's what he does. He shows us a world and says, hey, this world needs some help. It needs some sons and daughters. Will you go out there? In fact, he sent us, didn't he? He sent us into the world to right some wrongs, to reveal the Father, to let the whole world know of the knowledge of the glory of God. And fathers create wonder and joy. It's one of the things we get to do. I, I love the name of Jesus that he's wonderful counselor. What a beautiful title that is. And we get to reveal, as it were, the Father by showing our, our children wonder and joy and mystery uh, we we don't have to have all the answers this last few days we've been outside watching uh, the space um, station up there uh, over the weekend my son sat with his two sons and they watched Apollo 13 and they were they were talking about it and and the wonder and the mystery and it is amazing isn't it that in the early days uh, of space exploration. We didn't have all the technology of today. In fact, your phone probably has more memory than the computers that sent man to the moon. I, I love that. I showed my little grandson the other day a, a photograph that I'd taken of the moon with my camera. He looks at it and says, did you take that perhaps? I said, yeah, I did. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you can get so close. You can see so much detail of something so far away. I love that. I love to see that look on children's eyes of that mystery, that wonder, that joy. Fathers get to do that. Fathers also help their children to discover what they love. All of us are raised in reality and 
an environment where there's an absence of love or a presence of fear. It's, it's just the way of life on earth. And, and so easy for us to grow up performing to avoid punishment or performing for attention. And somewhere in the middle of that, it's so easy to, to fail to discover what we love. And one of the privileges that we have is to help our sons and daughters discover what they love. And I, I believe that our Heavenly Father does that. You're revealing the Father as you ask questions and say, what do you love? What do you love to do? What outcomes do you love to see? What results, what fruits do you love? Psalm 27 says, one thing I ask, that I may seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, dwell in the house of the Father, as it were, and see your beauty. You see, we reveal the Father by helping our sons and daughters discover what they love. What a glorious privilege that is. I think uh, another beautiful one, and I'll, I'll close uh, with this and, and just begin to move into praying for you and ministering as, as I close. But, but fathers demonstrate how to cope. You know, if, if life's tough, it's not the time to go to the kids and say, hey, we might be out of the house in a week's time. You know, things have gone wrong. Fathers get to demonstrate how to cope. This season's a great example. I've been so proud of my oldest, eldest son as he's, uh, you know, stewarded his two sons through this lockdown season. You know, it's, it's, it's been quite challenging, hasn't it? it? It would be so easy to take them to fear it would be so easy, perhaps, to raise them with a, an anti-authority mindset instead of going, no, you know, the government's asking us to do something and so we're going to do it. And he's modelling to them all the time how to cope with something that is frustrating. Uh, maybe we don't totally agree with everything that we're being asked to do. You see, fathers teach their children how to cope. Of course, Jesus helped us with that as well, didn't he? He modeled that. He showed us how, how to find peace in the storm. And we get to do that. What a wonderful privilege that is. I remember some years ago, my youngest son, he was setting off on an adventure and I, I was so proud of him. It, it was a challenge for him and it was costing him greatly. And we had a wonderful text exchange. I, I've kept the text. I'll, I've got a screenshot of it. I'll, I'll never get rid of it. I, I texted him and said, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing today. I know it's hard. I know it's costing you. And he wrote back this wonderful text. He said, Dad, he said, if you're proud of me, it's only because I learned it from you. And you did what you did with no hair, his typical humor. But the message was received and understood. He'd seen me do something in 2001 where I jumped on a plane with him and and my wife and we went to Bethel because we were on a journey and uh, he'd seen me do it with no hair. We, we get to reveal the Father in these extraordinary and wonderful ways and they're practical aren't they? They're just practical things teaching our, our sons and our daughters how to love our wives, helping them to discover what they love, helping them to cope with life. But I want to close with something because I, I increasingly believe that this has been one of the most encouraging and fruitful things. And I've mentioned it already. 
But you know, we get to be for others what we didn't receive ourselves. One of the easiest things in life is to go, well, I didn't have that. It was hard for us. And so we don't give away what we've received. I believe that we get the privilege. We get the privilege of being for others what we did not receive ourselves. I believe this applies to all of us. And this Father's Day, wouldn't it be a great day to turn it up a little bit and to be for others what we didn't receive ourselves? I love being known as a father. In fact, of all the titles I've ever been given, and I've had a few, I've had the kind ones and I've had some pretty rude ones. I worked in prison. But of all the titles that I've ever been given, when people call me a father, there's something about that that touches me very deeply. One of the great privileges is to be known as a father, a natural father, a natural grandfather, a spiritual father. And I want that for you. I'm jealous for you to be the best you that you can be. I'm jealous for you to be a son, to be a daughter who becomes a mature son, a mature daughter, who becomes a father, who becomes a mother, who raises up sons and daughters, who in turn reveal the father. It's the greatest gift that we can give this planet, that we have recently discovered how fragile it is. The greatest gift we can give to this planet is the gift of revealing the Father to the planet in simple and practical ways that reveal a supernatural Father. And so I bless you. Every one of you watching this, I want to bless you to be the best you you can be. I, I want to pray that you become jealous for everyone around you, not jealous of them, but jealous for them to receive all that the Father intended for them to receive to become everything that he desired for you to be. I want you to be jealous for those people around you. And I pray for every one of you that this Father's Day, you will see how much you revealed the Father in simple and beautiful and practical ways. What a privilege it is. It's a little crazy, isn't it? But it's true of us as it was true of Jesus that we reveal the Father. Of course, not in everything we do, we're not perfect. Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. And you and I, we get to be able to say something similar. We must be about his business. Let's reveal him together. Let's show this world, this fragile, needy world, what a beautiful Father we have by being loving, kind, patient, full of joy, embracing mystery, enjoying wonder, releasing hope, and being to those around us what we might not have received, but in doing so, revealing the Father. I bless you this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Have a great one. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.